What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has told students, teachers, and parents at Novi High School this week her priorities for the upcoming school year are staff retention and improving mental health. She spoke to them Wednesday on her back-to-school tour. So I was really, you know, grateful that so many people with different, uh, you know, vantage points joined us today to talk about the mental health of our children, the needs of our education workforce, um, public safety. High school senior Krissa Romani said she's excited to get back to class without having to wear a mask. She says there's been more of an effort to make schools safer and help everyone's mental health. The Michigan Appeals Court has issued a major ruling affecting long-term victims of vehicle crashes. The court says changes in auto insurance law cannot be applied retroactively to people who were severely injured before the summer of 2019. It's a victory for people who are still recovering and their care providers. Michigan Home Care Association President Barry Cargill tells us home care reimbursements were cut by 45% in the law, leaving those who have severe injuries in the cold. Patients are not getting access to care. They pay for that in their auto premiums, and then we're severely auto-injured auto in a crash. And then the legislature passes a law that provides them the benefit of their coverage, but at a reimbursement where they cannot access it. For decades, people injured in crashes were entitled to payment, quote, for all reasonable charges related to care and rehabilitation, but the new law sets a fee schedule and caps reimbursements not covered by Medicare. Cargill says the legislature needs to fix the home care issue, telling us there's $27 billion in a catastrophic claims fund, meaning changing the home care issue would not drastically change the overall law. Cargill says this week's court victory helps those hurt before 2019, but not those after. He expects the issue to be appealed. Meanwhile, a court decision today that restores reimbursements paid to some victims of catastrophic vehicle crash injuries is being celebrated by those patients and home health care providers. Sarah Ryan is a nurse care manager with Private Duty Home Health Care in St. Joseph. She tells us the 2019 law cut by 45 percent the reimbursements paid to those patients for home care paid by auto insurance. It's not just caused problems for the patients, but also for providers. It has had both a financial and a moral and emotional cost for us. The amount of tears that have been shed on this cannot be counted. Our company, just on one case, is over $200,000 in the hole because we chose not to discharge our patient immediately. Ryan says she's had patients who looked at their mor- at mortgaging their homes, sold assets, and sought help from the courts. The Michigan Court of Appeals ruling today restores the home care reimbursements for those hurt before 2019, but not after. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the Michigan Department of Transportation today announced the completion of the I-196 ramp repaving project in Van Buren County. MDOT invested $783,000 to repave $1.8 miles of ramps at the two I-196 exits in South Haven and Covert. Spokesperson Nick Sharipa tells us the projects included one-day closures of each ramp. Obviously, we're doing a lot of work on 196 anyway. 
So it's just kind of a routine thing. Work included hot asphalt, cold milling, and resurfacing and pavement markings on the northbound ramps at the 32nd Avenue covert exit, as well as the north and southbound ramps at the M140 exit in South Haven. The project took about two weeks. The Berrien County Public Defender's Office has provided an update to county commissioners. Speaking today, Commissioner Jim Curran said Chief Public Defender Paul Jancha spoke with the county administration committee this week. The defender's budget has received approval for next year. The uh, MIDC approved amount is $4,012,953.42. Our local Berrien County share is $579,598.58 for a total budget for 2023 for the public defender's office at $4,592,552 even. Curran said the public defender's office is fully staffed with Jancha noting he recently hired a full-time defender who started out with the office as an intern while working toward her degree. The the Public Defender's Office was created by the County Commission in 2017. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette is glad to see dredging going on this week along Silver Beach in St. Joe. Speaking to commissioners today, DeSette said the work to not only make the harbor better for boats, but to replenish the beach is welcome. Jill and her team has worked with the city of St. Joe. King Company is doing dredging now at the harbor. And so beach nourishment is underway at Silver Beach. I'll be pushing out some images of the work, but it's pretty pretty shocking how much beach can be added in just a few days with the, the hydraulic dredging. DeSette said Berrien County Parks Director Jill Adams has helped King Company with getting the sand out of the harbor to the beach. The public is asked not to touch the pipe that's being used to pump sand from the harbor to shore. The dredging was delayed multiple times because of weather and factors elsewhere along the Lake Michigan coast, but it got started Tuesday. It should move on to South Haven next week. Twin City Players has announced the first production of its 90th main stage season, and it will be Monty Python's Spamalot. Lovingly ripped from the classic comedy Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Spamalot retells the legend of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table, Show director Scott Bradford tells us working on the show with a cast of 26 adults has been a lot of fun. The nice thing about this show is there are no kids. It is an adult show. Monty Python made their trade on innuendo, sexual reference, anything that was inappropriate. Well, we we take everything that they've done and we're just putting a little bit of our spice onto it. You're going to still see all the good things that everybody liked about Monty Python. Mm -hmm. Plus. Tickets and flex passes are available at TwinCityPlayers.org or by calling the box office at 429-0400. The show will run from September 9th to the 25th with evening shows Friday and Saturday as well as Sunday matinees. Masks will be required. And the Bokagan Band of Potawatomi has announced details for its 2022 Kibun Min Ka Powwow taking place Labor Day weekend at its Rogers Lake Campground in Dwajak. Celebrating its 35th year, the powwow will feature a celebration of traditional Pokagon culture, including regalia, song, and dance, and drum contest. Event planning committee member Rebecca Williams says the public's encouraged to attend and learn about the Pokagon traditions and culture, but also be entertained by the dancers and drummers who are competing this year. Only service animals with certificates are allowed on the powwow grounds. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Former President Donald Trump and his legal team are facing a deadline tomorrow to respond to a Florida judge's request. The district judge is asking for them to clarify some legal documents raised in the request for a third party to review the highly classified documents removed from Trump's Florida home. 
Here's ABC's Justin Finch. By tomorrow, Florida District Judge Eileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, is expecting the former president's lawyers to sharpen their arguments following their motion filed Tuesday and to clarify their request of the court. The Trump team's diverging court filing includes references to a potential 2024 presidential campaign while also calling for the freezing of the Justice Department review of extremely classified materials recovered from Trump's home until a third-party special master is appointed to oversee those documents. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. A judge has ordered the Justice Department to make public a redacted version of the affidavit it relied on when federal agents searched the Florida estate of former President Trump to look for classified documents. The directive from U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinert came hours after federal law enforcement submitted under seal the portions of the affidavit they want to keep secret as their investigation moves forward. The judge said the department must file its redacted version by noon tomorrow. The redactions proposed by the department are likely to be extensive, so it's not clear how much new information about the investigation will actually be revealed. President Biden tonight will hold an event that's billed as somewhat of a kickoff to his midterm election campaigning. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden is rallying Democrats in suburban Maryland Thursday evening, attending a fundraising reception and later delivering remarks at a big campaign-style event just outside Washington. He'll be joined by several Democratic candidates on the ballot this fall in Maryland. Midterm elections are historically tough for the party in power in the White House. President Biden's expected to campaign on issues like falling gas prices and legislation he recently signed to tackle climate change and bring down the costs of prescription drugs. But a recent ABC News Washington Post poll found only 37 percent of Americans approve of his handling of the economy. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. An apparent attempt by a voter in Colorado to tamper with a voting machine during the state's primary this summer has heightened concerns among election officials and security experts. They worry that conspiracy theories related to the 2020 presidential election could inspire some voters to meddle with or even attempt to sabotage election equipment. Even unsuccessful breaches like the apparent one in Pueblo County could become major problems in the November general election when turnout will be greater and the stakes higher. They could cause delays at polling places or sow the seeds of misinformation campaigns, which are already guaranteed. Two Florida residents have pleaded guilty to stealing the diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley, and then selling it to the right-wing group Project Veritas. More from ABC's Andy Field. A Florida man and woman admitting they broke into 41-year-old Ashley Biden's Florida home and stole a handwritten journal filled with personal entries, tax records, and other documents, and then sold it to the right-wing group Project Veritas for $40,000. Project Veritas saying it was within their rights to accept the material as journalists. A judge could sentence the couple to up to five years in prison. President Joe Biden's student loan cancellation program offers a life-changing financial break for millions of Americans, but for future students heading to college under the same conditions that created today's debt, critics say it offers little help. Chief among the causes of today's rising student debt is the cost of college. Federal data shows today's four-year universities charge an average of nearly $17,000 a year in tuition and fees, more than double the inflation-adjusted average of 30 years ago. Biden's failure to tackle the broader problem drew reproach from Republicans along with some Democrats. 
Ukrainian officials are saying experts from the UN's nuclear watchdog could visit Ukraine within days. More from ABC's Ines de la Quatera at the Foreign Desk. Ukrainian Energy Minister German Galushenko saying representatives from the International Atomic Energy Agency could travel to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in the coming days. This comes as French President Emmanuel Macron met with IAEA chief Rafael Grossi to discuss the situation at the plant, which has come under shelling in recent weeks. The plant is currently occupied by Russian forces. Russia has rejected proposals to demilitarize the zone. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Meanwhile, that nuclear power plant in the middle of the fighting in Ukraine was temporarily cut off from the electric grid because of fire damage. That caused a blackout in the region and heightened fears of a catastrophe in a country haunted by the Chernobyl disaster. The plant's been occupied by Russian forces since the early days of the war. The government in Kiev alleges Russia is essentially holding the plant hostage, storing weapons there and launching attacks from around it. Moscow accuses Ukraine of recklessly firing on it. Today, Ukraine's nuclear power operator said the plant was cut off from the grid after fires damaged the transmission line. A Russian official said the region lost power. And Whole Foods is being accused of mismarketing its beef in a new lawsuit. More from maybe sees Alex Stone. The proposed class action lawsuit here in Southern California claims independent lab testing found Whole Foods beef does have antibiotics and other pharmaceutical residue in it, even though since the 1980s, Whole Foods has marketed its meat as no antibiotics ever. The suit brought by three consumers and an animal welfare group. The plaintiffs claim that Whole Foods charges substantial price premiums for antibiotic-free meat. The lawsuit is calling for Whole Foods to change its marketing and to refund customers who allegedly overpaid for beef they thought was antibiotic-free. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.